Welcome to Queerly Recommended. I am your host, Tara Scott, and with me, as always, is Chris Bryant. It's episode 12. Can you believe it? The podcast is old enough to get a vaccine. I love that. So (laughs) So Chris, how have your last couple of weeks been? They have been very good. I've had very good days and weekends. Last night, I had a concert for my Patreon page. I actually sang, and my friend Elisa Jefferson, who was a fantastic musician, a little rocker here in Kansas City, uh, she came and actually I went to her studio and we recorded uh, a little concert, and we did that last night, which was May fifteenth. Yeah, and it was it was very it was a lot of fun. I had a lot of uh, alcohol. I drank some <laughs> lemon drops. They were trying to loosen me up so that I could do a live show and also sing. Like I had never seen, I am not your person for a karaoke bar or anything like that. Uh, I never sing. And so they, she got me to sing. And how many lemon drops did you have? Like, how are you feeling this morning? Are you a herd immune uh, unit or are you I, okay? I'm doing well. It was just enough to just kind of let me chill and relax. Mm-hmm, I had mm-hmm. two, but they were, it was in a short amount of time. It was one of okay. those where I got there like 40 minutes before the show started. Mm-hmm, I was like, mm-hmm. lemon drop, lemon drop, pizza. So that that was my evening. And it was such a good, it was so much fun. I had so much fun. And it's been a long time since I've had that much fun because didn't have to wear masks. We were all vaccinated. The four of us were vaccinated. And it was just a good time. So Oh, wait, wasn't it because you had a birthday? <gasps> I did. I had a birthday. Happy birthday. Woo! You're 32, right? I am 35. You're 35. That's right. A mere baby. A baby. That's true. It was a good time. I, and it was fun because last year the celebration was like full body suits. <laughs> I don't know if you ever <laughs> saw the video. Uh, my sister and I got hazmat suits so we could hug our parents. Oh, like literally I did the whole see that. Thing. It was yeah. so cute. So, so that was last year. And this mm-hmm. year we were able to actually hug since my whole family's vaccinated. So. Uh, it was a good time. So good. Yes. So good. Yeah. I, so on your birthday, I actually, um, suggested people either buy one of your books because I mean, come on, they're great. They should do that. And if they already have all of your books, they should donate to an animal shelter. And Diane on Twitter was like, but I'm already donating to animal shelters and I already have all of Chris's books. So she chose something a little different and she decided to support the show by sending a payment through Kofi. But. Oh. I got a little bone to pick with you because she left a note for you to share a piece of cake with me remotely and it didn't happen. There was no cake. There's no cake, Chris. There's I would like no some cake. cake left. I'm so sorry. There's no cake left. Oh, oh I can't imagine. But by, by the time it got here from your like partially dismantled oh. USPS. I know. <laughs> I know. You know, I sent something to Finney and Burnett. I think it was like freaking back in march and it took over a month to get there and it was first class mail no it was over a month i was like yeah that's just crazy what's up okay is it my is it my fault is it your fault is it our fault it's just like no i don't know no i'm gonna buy my own cake cake (laughs) would not last it wouldn't make it up there i'm so sorry (laughs) no but thank you diane that was so sweet we really appreciate it yes and diane wasn't the only person who supported us through kofi if you're a new listener and you don't know what Kofi is, it's kind of like a digital chip jar that lets you financially 
support content creators like us on a reoccurring basis. And we're so grateful because it helps us with the cost of running the show. Alex says, thank you for sharing your recommendations. So that was fantastic to hear or to read. Uh Lisa says, I just want to set a queer token of my my appreciation. So thank you, Alex and Lisa for supporting us. We appreciate it. So lovely. And we also want to say thank you to the folks who have been leaving reviews and ratings with Apple Podcasts. And we just want to read a couple of the reviews because I got to tell you, I feel like I can speak for Chris as well. I'm just so delighted whenever I see the reviews because not only do they help other folks find the podcast, which is fantastic, but it's just so sweet. So Quirky R says, it's a joy to listen to Chris and Tara exchange their recommendations. I leave with more to seek out and wishing for more hours in each day to keep up. That's That's so cute. Super sweet. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Very nice. And then Marie L said, Tara and Chris have great co-host chemistry. You would think they've been doing this together for years. This is definitely the spot for queer content recommendations. My to be read and to be watched lists are growing very nicely. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, Tara, do you want to tell them how this happened? How we started this whole podcast and how this came about? Yeah, it's actually kind of funny. So I had a podcast for a little over four years. I don't know if people know that. It was called Let's Do Books, and it was on the Lesbian Talk Show channel um, that was run by Sheena, who runs the Lesbian Review, one of the websites that I review at. And I kind of felt like I had done all that I could do there. I felt like I'm really proud of what I did. I talked to a lot of amazing authors, and I got to talk to authors that I never would have thought that I would talk to like I talked to Anne Bannon that's amazing which is one of like to me that's still one of the interviews that I think I'm the proudest of that I've ever done like really getting to understand how she's at the roots right of what authors like you are doing today you don't get to do what you're doing pioneer oh my god but then also in a similar vein Catherine V. Forrest and exactly and right, like them. oh my god but then also getting to like you were on the show a few times like mm. to, getting to talk to georgia beers and melissa Braden and rachel spangler and other reviewers like i had anna on there and other folks from the the lesbian review like april and whatever but like i don't know i just kind of felt like i was pretty close to done and i was supposed to have a different author on for my second last episode And that author wasn't able to make it. They were having some health issues. And I was like, Chris, Chris, because you'd been on the show a couple of times. And I knew that we had pretty good chemistry. And like, I had no concerns that that we would have a good episode. And we did the episode. And you said, hey, if you ever want to do a podcast. And I was like, I don't know that I ever want to do a podcast. (laughs) But like, you came back later. I did. I said, let's do this. Let's do this. And uh, I'm really, I'm really glad you did. So we started, when did we start planning? Was it November? Yes, it was November because we planned, because the first episode we recorded like right after Christmas. Mm -hmm. So because I was upset because I couldn't talk about all the Christmas movies, but I'm saving them for this December. Yeah. Y'all better be ready for all the Christmas movie recommendations that are coming Starting in August. (laughs) Oh yeah. Chris is going to be bringing them 
Oh, I love them. Except the happiest season. Right. That, that is her anti-recommendation. Still, well, you know what? We'll still talk about it. I think mm-hmm. it still needs, I think it warrants a discussion. Mm-hmm. Like a festivist? Yes. We need to have a festivist about happiest season. <laughs> oh, do. no. Do I need to watch it for that? Maybe yes. I'll, maybe I'll get like super baked and then watch it. Or yes. And do it in July because there's a thing called Christmas in July. That's my birthday. Did you know my birthday is Christmas in July? <sighs> I did not know that. I knew it was in July, but I didn't realize that that your birthday landed in Christmas in July. Yeah. It's July 25th. Get ready. Okay. Put some pants on. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the appropriate next line <laughs> for that is. I think it's too hot for pants. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Actually, yeah, it is often too hot for pants at that time of year, July depending 25th. on where you're at. <laughs> Okay, in the Midwest, July 25th is horrific, especially with the uh, humidity. And we are, we usually hit 100s by then, which is horrible. Do you have central air, though, at least? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh, yeah. We need to have, we have the four seasons, and Kansas City is right on the jet stream. So you might hear some thunder and lightning because Mm -hmm. it is storming here today and will be for the next 10 days. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to be miserable. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, so when I, so I moved to Calgary 16 years ago and what I was told was everybody was like, no, 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 it's never hot enough. Nobody has central air here. Uh. And it's never, and it's never, there's only like two to three bad weeks a year. And I basically like suffered until five years ago. It was awful. Now our, our, and it's true that for most of the summer, it's not quite that bad, but there are, there's like at least a month every summer that's awful. And so when I got my job at the company where I work now, which shall remain named because unnamed, I mean, because I don't bring real life into the podcast very often. Except your dog. Except my dog, right? Yeah, no, Zadie gets to be on the podcast. (laughs) Zadie and Neil get to be on the podcast. So my youngest was still, she, she was just starting to walk at that point. So I would still say like basically a baby at that point. But I got that job and Neil and I were like, let's treat ourselves. And we got central air and it was life-changing. It We're the is. only people that sleep through the night in the summer in Calgary. And it's the best. I was going to say that is so like pioneer of you mm-hmm. to not have air. That's so, Oh no! I, to me, it doesn't even make sense. We actually have to, some of our schools don't have air. So oh. we have to do the schools at a certain time of year so that the children don't melt in the classrooms. Oh, that's disgusting. But I think, yeah. I would think by now, I mean, this has been a, a while, maybe, I don't know, like 10 years or so. So maybe since then, the schools have received, you know, the money in order to purchase central air because it's horrible here. It's horrible to. here. Yeah. That's disgusting. That's disgusting. So we didn't actually get new listener questions in this time but we're actually going to revisit an old listener question because remember how last time we got those questions from yuri fick about audible versus audible plus right and you and i both basically said we don't Don't know know. (laughs) we don't know the answer (laughs) right and if anybody does know the answer please let us know well we got an answer that is fabulous and it's from somebody who really really knows her stuff because it's the kick-ass lesbic author, Amanda Radley. And for people that don't know, Amanda is now with you at Bold Strokes Books. But she used to have her own publishing company for a while. 
think it was called Heartsome. And so before we get into Amanda's answer, the questions were number one, does the author get paid when we listen to their audiobook that is part of the Audible Plus catalog? Number two, what does the publisher slash author get out of making a release, quote unquote, Audible exclusive? And number three, what are the motivations to put a book on Audible Plus versus full price? And so Amanda said, I can't speak on behalf of Bold Strokes Books specifically because I don't know if they are enrolling their books in Audible Plus, but I can answer in general. Firstly, it's important to know the difference between Audible Plus and Audible Premium. Audible Plus is the new Kindle Unlimited style subscription service. This is where listeners pay a monthly subscription fee to listen to as much as they like, which is uh, whatever is available in the Plus catalog. I believe it's currently only available in the U.S. with Plus so that listeners can access audiobooks, podcasts, and original content that is enrolled in the Plus catalog, which is currently quite limited in comparison to the main catalog so that it's only around 15,000 titles versus half a million titles. When you cancel your membership, you do not own or have access to anything you have listened to. Audible Premium is how Audible has historically worked so that you earn credits each month and are able to purchase an audiobook with that credit. When you cancel your account, you still retain access to the title and it is yours to keep. So to answer the first question, and I'm going to go back to, does the author get paid when we listen to their audiobook that's part of Audible Plus catalog? Yes, authors do get paid when audiobooks are listened to through the Audible Plus catalog. At the moment, we are paid the same amount as when a book is purchased via a credit. But I imagine this will change once the Audible Plus platform is properly rolled out and has more subscribers. In the case of Kindle Unlimited, authors are paid far less for a book read through Kindle Unlimited instead of purchased outright. Most authors are happy with this as it's good to attract new readers. Audible Plus will probably go through the same way over time. It's worth pointing out that Audible is happy to give authors free money while they are building up their world dominance in this market. I mean, that's fair. True. I think we know, know. That Amazon <laughs> is all about that world domination. Right? <laughs> Like Jeff Bezos just looks like an evil villain, right? At this point, doesn't he? I mean, anyway, that's a that's a whole ass aside. Right. Okay, yes. back to, but back to her message. <laughs> In the past, but sadly no more, authors were paid for audiobooks listened to via free promo codes. So if a listener listened to a free audiobook, the author would receive the same payment as if the book had been purchased despite no money ever being paid. Audible also provided these codes for free in their hundreds equals free money, but as I say, sadly no more. In answer to the second question, which is what does the publisher slash author get out of making a release Audible exclusive? Yes, authors do get more for being exclusive to Audible. There are lots of ways to pay or not pay for production of an audiobook, but if you choose a royalty share scheme between narrator and author, then you can choose a 40% royalty rate for being exclusive to Audible, meaning distribution through Audible, Amazon, and iTunes, or a 25% royalty rate for retaining your right to distribute elsewhere. As Audible and iTunes account for the majority of sales anyway, most will choose more royalty. Where else do you get audiobooks, though? You can, you can get them through Spotify now. You okay. can do audiobooks.com. You can get them through the library. Okay. Uh, although if you get them through the library, obviously you can't, you don't get to own them. You're just borrowing them. That's actually how I listen to most of mine. If I'm not listening to audiobooks for review, which either come to me, depending on who they're coming from, like if it's a book that uh, is from Bold Strokes Books or from Bywater Books, it's usually coming through audible.com. Okay. 
Okay. If it's from Ilva Publishing, because Ilva does all of theirs through Tantor, I believe it comes from audiobooks and sometimes one other that I cannot remember. And then for me, if I'm going to buy one, I'm probably going to buy from Audible just because I have so many books in Audible anyway. Like it's just so easy, but I do try to get through my library. I love the Libby app. I find it so easy. I don't mind waiting because I always have an audiobook on the go anyway. So that's fine. That's good. Yeah. So that's a whole lot about (laughs) audiobooks. But But it's, it's, it's educational. I mean, I didn't know hmm. this stuff. For sure. No. I just, I see, oh, look, this, my book made it to, you know, if you go to Amazon and you look, oh, this is an audiobook now. And so honestly, maybe it's just me, but I never know when it's going to happen. No. If it happens. So I'm always surprised because there's somebody who like goes through the, I think it's lesbian audiobooks club on Facebook and they always post mm-hmm. and tag people. I think it's Stephanie Culpepper. She, she mm-hmm. tags people oh look fiona riley your book's out on audible now or look what's available as an audiobook so mm-hmm. i usually get my information through that way unless i'm like constantly looking on amazon but yeah, i don't do that so no no thank you so much amanda for sending that in that is so yes. helpful i didn't know really any is. of that information i personally feel educated yuri fick i hope you feel like you have a better understanding of it now too yeah now we know Completely unrelated, Chris, Yes, you have some very exciting book news coming. I feel like I've been waiting for this news for literally years. Yes. You want to tell us about it? What is it? What's happening? What's happening? Okay. So I wrote my first full length erotica romance and it's called Not Guilty. And I act, oh, you, you wrote it. Who wrote it? I, oh, I'm so, oh, that's right. (laughs) Brit Ryder wrote Mm -hmm, it, which is Mm -hmm. the pen name I use in order to write erotica. Mm -hmm. So, so, so not guilty, not guilty. About it. Back in 2017, I wrote a just to try it out. I wrote a little uh, novella called Shameless, and it's an erotica novella, twenty thousand words maybe, and it deals with a, a kind of a meetup at a museum here in Kansas City. And this is interesting. I rarely put Kansas City as the actual, you know, place of my book. And so I did in Shameless. I put it at the museum. We have here the, the Nelson. So is that Atkins. a real museum? Because I, I reread Shameless and I was like, wait, this yeah. is a real place. It is a real place. And they're all of that stuff is real. Like every little, like the colonial wing, it's like super dark. And it has like a wooden path and like, seriously, you could like murder somebody in that room. It's so dark. It is so dark and you wouldn't find a body for days, but yeah, they have real lighting and they have like little plaques that are on the floor that you read. And so I just, I said, you know what, I'm just going to actually use a real place that I've been to and I know about. So I wrote it. I wrote Shameless about this hookup at a museum here in town. And a lot of people liked it. A lot of people like Shameless. And they were like, including me. I loved it well when I read Shameless I didn't know you and so this is like I feel like I can gush as much as I want because we were not (laughs) friends at the time you can still gush (laughs) (laughs) yeah I loved it and actually I think I reached out to you and was like what else happens you think it happened what like I don't know what happens (laughs) because it's like 
the ending is very very much happy for now like it's it, i would i would i don't actually i don't even know that i would call it that it is an optimistic ending i think is what i would call it right. but it's so good and with not guilty coming out i mean we were we were texting well because i saw not guilty on net galley and you were like just get it <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so i did because i can't for people listening why we would even have that conversation i can't review chris's books anymore because we are friends now we do this podcast right. that's not cool to review books right. written by your friends that's just not <laughs> the thing you do so but she's like just get it so you can read it and i was like yay <laughs> um but she said read shameless again first and i was like okay cool because i actually haven't read it since it first came out and there's a part of me that's always a little bit afraid to go back and read books I haven't read in a long time because it's like, will I love it as much as I did the first time? But I did. Yay. Yeah, I think so. Some reviews are coming in and people are saying reread Shameless Mm -hmm. because there's there's kind of a little bit of history and I had to go back to Shameless, obviously, since uh, Not Guilty takes place during Shameless and after Shameless. So you'll so I had to go back and make sure the dialogue was correct and just take it because it, it takes place from the other character's point of view. Yeah. So it's a softer side than than Shameless. Shameless is is different perspective and and this not let's, guilty. Is, let's is be honest. Softer. Shameless is just fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, yes, that's what it is. It's, it's just Which is fine. People it's having sex. So and it happens. People have sex. I mean, that's just the nature of humanity i mean people have sex and so so not guilty is shameless's perspective from the other person's point of view and then it Uh goes on to to go on past shameless Uh months months past shameless so Uh you have the actual story and so you know i think shameless you'll a couple of reviewers missed very important things so mm-hmm. that's why they're like, okay, for sure you have to reread Shameless because you'll miss things that are yes. pretty important. So the thing, yeah. you know, the good thing about Shameless is there's a twist. Well, there's also a twist in Not Guilty, but if you don't read Shameless, you're going to kind of miss it. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah, so that's coming out. That's uh, available on June 1st through the Bold Strokes Books uh, website. And then everywhere else, general release is June 15th on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble and everywhere else. So if I can make a humble recommendation, mm. read Shameless right now. Just yes. go get it, read it right now, because I read them like literally back to back. I read Shameless one night. I read Not Guilty the next day. They're both great, but I actually don't recommend reading them right. that close together because that's actually too close together. Right. So if you can get that space of like two to three weeks, that's going to be the absolute optimal way of doing it. And you're going to have the best time. Yay. Sweet spot. So I'm excited about it. I'm excited to see Mm -hmm. how it's received because so many people wanted to hear more about them. I probably have received more emails about the characters in Shameless than any other book I've ever written. And that was a novella. So I said, okay, I'm going to do it. It's still one of my favorite twists that I've ever read and i'm so mad that we can't talk about it i know we can't because it's literally like it's it's the twist that makes it special yes i think so and and the thing that i love about not guilty is getting 
to because you you finish shameless and you're like what <laughs> and you can't see me but right now i'm like just rubbing my hands across my head which is a thing that i do my head is shaved all the time now <laughs> um but like it's just that like this twist happens and you're like oh my god but because chris writes in the first person you never get to see inside that other person's perspective right and with shameless you, you do. do and you finally get to see what that other per- what was up with them and how it all came about and so it was i found that incredibly satisfying yay yay thank you you know i did write a prequel to shameless mm-hmm. it was a short story in the bold strokes books erotica travel anthology mm-hmm. and so i just wrote a short story uh with emory pre shameless so there's also that available which also has a twist i'm like so apparently brit Ryder loves twists in books and stories there you go that so. brit Ryder. all right how i did know you, how did you come up with the name brit Ryder? uh brit Ryder. I blame KB Draper. She <laughs> and I blame Melissa Braden. I know. Oh. So Melissa Braden and KB Draper. Wait, did you name uh, it after her dog? But yeah. So <laughs> so, <laughs> so they both got a dog on the same day no. named Ryder. <laughs> so, but here's the funny thing. So Ryder is spelled R Y D E R, but it's also kind of a play on writer. W R I T E R. So that's kind of that. And Brit came about because. Kathy Creeden and uh, Sia Frizzell, they're married and they're two of my best friends. And Kathy and I always speak in British accents. Like when we get together, <laughs> we either do British or Southern, like Southern Belle accents. Sure, sure. And so okay, give us um, a Southern no, Belle. I can't. Tell us the next I part can't. of the story in a Southern Belle accent. <laughs> that's, too, that's too stressful. It's like karaoke. <laughs> like you can't tell me to sing. You can't tell me to do this accent. Right, I'll fine. just like slip into it disappointing but I'm so sorry but yeah so that's why so Brit was because the British accent that I like to do and it's horrible and it's so much fun though and then (laughs) writer was because Melissa Braden and Kami Draper they're dogs and it was a kind of a play on the whole word so that's how it's hilarious (laughs) oh my god all right Chris what have you been i don't know that you've been reading because you've been in a you've been in more of a writing place lately if i recall correctly so what have you been watching okay so i actually have been reading because everything's turned in um, and i'm getting ready to do another episode of drunk lesbic and i'm gonna ask you on air to moderate for us hooray sure so uh i'm reading swipe right is it good? It really is. Yes. Oh, I was so yes, hoping. I feel, I feel it's like good. it's unfair to ask you that while we're literally recording. I, <laughs> although I suppose we could just edit that out. But I really want that book to be good because yeah, I read the really blurb good. and I was like, holy shit, that sounds adorable. And so I am totally planning on reading it. We tell me later when you're planning on doing it. I will read okay. that in advance. Okay. Yeah, I will. Uh, we're going to do it. I want to say next weekend. Maybe okay. We need to, okay, well, we, <laughs> we need, need to, to talk, talk about we that. need to talk about that because uh, I need to talk to my other co-parent. That's right. I need to find out if that's even possible. Correct. I mean, worst case scenario, we can probably, you know, Tegan and I can probably push through it ourselves. No, no, but no. I feel like, I'm like, sure we, can figure like it out. we said it was like herding cats with the Ray and I <laughs> doing it. So, 
One of you is going to forget to hit the record or something. Right. Record button and and yeah. then we're just going to drink martinis all night and just talk oh about our God. books. So. You're going to be, you're going to be hurting. <laughs> I know. So, uh, so I have been reading, but what I started watching, I started watching Pride on Hulu. Mm-hmm. And what it is, it's a six-part documentary series, and it just kind of talks about the struggles of LGBTQ civil rights in America. And it starts off in the 50s, mm-hmm. and it goes all the way through to the, the 2000s. But it's different. There's like this episodes. I've only watched the first episode. And it's, it's just pretty much heavy history and how we always hear about the bad mm-hmm. in our history, but we never hear about the good. And so mm-hmm. a lot of it focuses on the good. Like it oh, wasn't nearly good. as bad as you think. I mean, yeah. yeah, there was like extortion and there were other things, but it, it was kind of interesting because they, they talked a lot about, I never even thought about this. Like in the military, most kids, I say kids, I don't mean sure. kids. I mean, young adults who actually had to join or signed up to join the war. Mm-hmm. It was the first time they left their home. And so you put, people who are queer you put Mm -hmm. them in an environment a same-sex environment and they are going to have relationships they're going to find people just like them um they talked about how that happened in the army and the navy and then also in the nurses organization and also in the workforce women in the workforce because all the men were gone so the women you know stepped up and did the jobs that needed to be done and so there was a lot of relationships that came out of just being in same-sex environments and you know not an all sexual but this was focusing strictly on sexual relationships of course so I I never thought of it I was like I never thought that most people never left their hometowns Mm -hmm. unless it was something super big because this was the 40s it wasn't like hey let's go road trip you know and and let's go hit California or New York or whatever and so that Mm -hmm. like uh, yeah, they discussed uh, like entrapment by the police, how they did try to catch gay people by entrapment. And then they also talked about lots of people of color who transitioned during this time. That was a big thing. And I didn't know about it, like in the 50s. See? This sounds fabulous. It is. I, I, yeah, it I know. so good. I know I'm going to recommend this when, when I'm done with all seven episodes. So, but that's what I'm watching now. I gotta and see I'm if still finding it in Canada. Yeah. Uh, I'm still doing, well, if you have Hulu, do you have Hulu? No. Okay. No, which I think is very rude. Hulu, come to Canada. We want you. Right. I'm sure you'll be able to find it because I think it's also on, uh, I think somebody else actually made it and I can't think of who it was, but. Showtime? We get that. Oh, no, I don't think it's Showtime. Damn it. Uh, I know. I'm sorry. But yeah, so look for it. Pride. Uh, I'll, I'll look for it and send you the link and see if there's, or I'll look to see if it's available anywhere else any Thank other you. but it's really really good i i I, I think i'm gonna recommend it now even on episode one very good very good um yeah and so i'm also torturing myself by watching continually watching handmaid's tale and know, cruel why? summer why i have to they ha- she has to win hope it's the, hope yeah but like does she have to do it this season have they announced that it's the final season they have not announced that it was a final season. Then she's definitely uh, not going to win this season. <laughs> but maybe she'll come close. You know, maybe. I don't remember if she even, does she even win in the book? I haven't read the book in 20 years. Okay, so the book has, basically what's happening is the TV show is just kind of making this up. Mm. But in the end, uh, and 
from the book, the end, mm -hmm. it's a positive ending. But it's not, okay. it doesn't talk about everything that's happening now. This is kind of like what they made up uh, for the show. At least mm -hmm. that's what I heard. Mm -hmm. That's what I heard. I just had a dinner date and we talked about that. Oh, so is it like they they started it relatively faithful to right. the book? Exactly. The middle they're gonna do kind of whatever they want. Exactly. For as long as they want, and then kind right. of when when they hear this is the final season, then they'll like wrap it up true right. to the book. Exactly. Okay. I think that's what's gonna happen. So yeah, I'm torturing myself with that, and I'm still watching Cruel Summer. I hate Tiffany. I told her <laughs> I went to work and I said, "Hey, I talked about you, and I hate you, and you can suck it." And she just loved it. She just laughed. She's like, "Great." She's famous. She's famous, famous for being hated. Is she the one that put the sign up in the window no, at work? Do that you was want to Sam. tell people about that in case there's people that don't follow you on social media but are listening to this episode? Yes. Do you want to explain what that means? Yes. So I have to, I have a team. We rotated it out because of COVID. So there's a skeleton team. So we go in for two days and then we work outside of the office for the following four work days. And then we go back in for two days. So I work with Sam and Tiffany and Sam, I always tell her because Sam is, she's, she's a little spitfire. She's like fierce, little, you know, she's tough. And I tell her my, I, I walk at lunch when the weather's accommodating, I will walk on my lunch hour. And I tell her how I'm walking. I said, here's my routine. It was a two and a half mile walk. And so I, I walk by some really shady areas because of where my work is it's kind of by the river. And so there's a lot of like homeless camps. Uh, so on my walk, you'll see like, uh, I will see thrown mattresses and box springs and like by the side of the road. Mm -hmm. Like, what am I doing? Why am I walking here? Oh yeah. Cause I need exercise. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so I always yell, I said, okay, I'm going to go on my walk, Sam, you know, my path. So she knows that if I don't show up in 40 minutes or whatever, then she needs to come look for me. So what she did was on the way back, she printed off this huge sign and it says, I'm glad you're alive. Dirty books aren't going to write themselves. <laughs> and that was like, and I'm on the second floor. So it like covered her window. And so I took a picture of it and I posted it on uh, social media because I thought it was hilarious. And I mean, everybody loved it. That, that is love. Total love. Right yeah, there. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Do any of your co like, has she read any of your books? Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. Like, you know, it's, it's nice when you have straight friends who support you, but some of them, you just don't want to read your books. And so like Sam, for sure, I don't want her to read my books. And, and she has, she has lesbian friends. Like I think one of her best friends, she, she went to a wedding not too long ago because one of her best friends was getting married to a woman, but she doesn't strike me. I mean, she's like super sweet and everything. She doesn't strike me as like, she's going to go to parades for us and like hold up signs. You know, she's got a kid. She's like, we're just like totally different. And I'm like, you don't have time to read my books and I don't want you to. It's like, you fall under the family category. Do not mm -hmm. read my books. So. <laughs> so no, she doesn't read my books. Nobody at work. At least I've told everybody at work not to read my stuff. Okay. So, so is that everything that you've been? Yes. Uh... Oh, oh. So here's what I thought of you. I thought of you because mm -hmm. you love drag queens. And so I, I started this show uh, and I forgot the name of the show. It really didn't suck me in, but they had two of the best drag queen names okay. and I laughed out loud and like if I'm watching something and it and it makes me laugh out loud that I know it's hilarious okay. I mean it's just one of those words and so I'm gonna run these two names okay. one will be perfectly acceptable for the show the okay. second one Neil will have to bleep out but I still want you to hear it I want to see your reaction to it so okay okay <laughs> 
The first one is Paddington Bareback. Oh my god. <laughs> Paddington Bareback. That's I thought I, I thought it was super cute. Wholesome fun for the whole family. <laughs> right. Paddington Bareback. I loved it. I just I, so I kind of laughed at that one. Mm-hmm. And so the second one is um, let me see if I pronounce it right. No. <laughs> no. Oh, that person's going right to hell. No. Oh my <laughs> goodness. Yes. So <laughs> very bad. It's a very bad one. I'm like, that is too soon. Like Ooh. it will never be okay. <laughs> no, it no, it no. will never. You know what? That's actually making me think of so in the last episode we talked about how i'm watching um drag race australia mm-hmm. and you know what let's transition this into what i've been watching what i've okay. been watching and reading yes so i've been watching uh drag race australia and i gotta say like i'm not really loving this season it's not the best one but i'm gonna keep watching it because it's drag race and right it's a part of the rhythm of the week now and they did they, there's this thing that happens every single season does not matter which franchise and um they call it snatch game which is kind of like a a play on the match game and so they uh the drag queens all do celebrity impersonations and it's supposed to be kind of like the old match game game show which the only reason i know about it is because of this because i was too i feel like you and i are both too young to have ever actually seen that (laughs) like we saw it maybe in old clips from tv shows but whatever and so there's this like 22 year old queen from somewhere in Australia who decided to do Lindy Chamberlain. Do you know who that is? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who is the woman who um, turns out a dingo did eat her baby. And it was kind of one of those, no. even, even RuPaul, like as, as RuPaul was finding out that that's who this queen was doing, was kind of laughing, but said flat, just said straight up, we're going to go to hell for this. And right. it's like, yup. And even two of the queens on the show was like, that's not okay. Her right. baby died. She's right. still alive. And it's like, seeing some of the commentary online about it has been really interesting. Because there are some people who or of the belief that like it's drag you can like nothing is beyond the pale for drag but it turns out (laughs) some things are (laughs) right and i feel like that one is Mm -hmm. yeah well and i and i wonder if it's different because in the case of lindy chamberlain and i mean i (sighs) when when did her thing happen like it was the early 80s right Yeah, it's been a long time because i believe didn't meryl streep play in the movie she did so i think i was like i definitely missed all of it like when the court case was happening and all that like i was probably a toddler at the time but like she was dragged through the courts right i do remember that yeah basically ruined and it's like yeah there really uh there really are limits and so i think for me it was really interesting seeing that conversation happen about like what what is too far and what is not too far because like back in season six adore delano played a coked out anna nicole smith and like that was perfectly cool but i mean that's also who anna nicole smith kind of was yeah like yeah yeah, i I just i don't know i thought it was a really i i I thought it was really interesting Um, and it was 1980 i just googled it oh 
No, I was a literal baby. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. I was a literal baby. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. You were, you were, uh, you were not even born. I, I was Chris. even were born. You? I wasn't born. <laughs> not yeah. possible. I was a baby. You were not born. <laughs> In terms of what I'm reading. Yes. What are you reading? I feel like I might end up giving a bit of a preview into what could very well be an actual wreck next week, but I am reading. I also feel bad because I'm going to do the thing where I'm giving a preview into a book that's not released yet. It's not being released until June 1st, but get ready right with day. your pre-order finger. Go yes. pre-order it. It's uh, called Satisfaction Guaranteed. It is by Corellia Stetswaters. I think this is her first book that she is publishing with forever whoever that publishing company is oh my god chris what it's so funny oh this book funny. is yeah. so fucking funny it's a romantic comedy it opens at a funeral from the perspective of this very straight-laced workaholic type person and everyone around her is wearing gold she she is wearing black they are all wearing gold and it is because she is from like a family she's basically from a family of hippies her aunt died her aunt had like nudist tendencies her aunt uh, ran like a feminist sex toy shop and her aunt wanted a, a party for her funeral but she still shows up in black because she is who she is and even at this funeral her parents talk about how they think she was switched at birth from an accountant's family and it's kind of one of those things where like, it's funny, but it's also really poignant because you can see that those comments hurt her. She doesn't feel like she belongs. Her parents own this very famous art gallery in New York City. And you can tell that the reason why it is so successful is because she is the one who runs it. She acquires the art. She does the marketing. She does everything. Her parents are bananas. They talk about how they want to, they want to get alpacas. And I'm like, what the fuck? And then the other lead is somebody who works at her aunt's store and lives on her aunt's property. And she had been in art school, had started having an affair with one of her professors, who was a, a woman who was married. And her professor seems like kind of a sociopath. But basically, when they broke up, she burned all of her paintings, dropped out wow. of school. Um, ended up living on her friend's couch. Her friend hooked her up with the other character's aunt. And so she started working in the shop. And so when the aunt dies, uh, everybody's kind of hauled into the lawyer's office. And the will says that the aunt is living, living, leaving. The aunt is <laughs> leaving. She's not living. She's dead. <laughs> I was going to say, I thought she died. <laughs> she very died. She very, very much died. <laughs> but the aunt has left the store and the house to the niece and this employee and she wants them to kind of figure it out oh. but the store is in so much debt Ooh. they basically have a month to turn it around and it's like what are they gonna do mm. and there's attraction there but like the uh the niece this is the other thing that, that i think is really interesting so the so the care i can't remember either of their names because i put the book down for a little while to not because not it's very very good it's not that it's like a particularly put downable book it's more because of my like reading for review deadline management problem <laughs> 
so the one who's the employee, uh, also when she was going through her bad period, dealt with her. She basically like whenever she was feeling bad, she would deal with it with sex. And so she has taken a vow of celibacy until she gets her shit together. And then there's the niece who has only ever had sex six times. And it sounds like it's with like six different people, but oh, like, okay. But has never had an orgasm. And she's Sad 20 thing. and she's 29. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. So the point at which I am in the story, she still has not had an orgasm. But I expect that it's going to happen for her. I'm thinking by the end it should happen. It will happen. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing. So I will come back to everybody. I am oh. so, I so want this book to stick the landing. It's so delightful. I'm loving it so much. It's adorable. <laughs> it makes me laugh out loud all I love the that. time. It has so that. many hilarious parts. And if it does turn into a full-on actual recommendation in a future episode, I will come back with funny quotes. Oh, God, I love quotes. a blurb, with names, with my (laughs) own personal shit together. I will come back with all of these things. Yay! And then a game. I I also have uh, what I am playing. The Mass Effect Legendary Edition came out. So the Mass Effect series is my all-time favorite game series the first game came out either in 2007 or 2008 the last game came out i believe in 2012 or 2013 and at the time it was huge it's one of those games i mean bioware is kind of known for having these series where there's very strong story very strong romance options uh they also do the dragon age series they've had a number of other games but in this particular one you're kind of playing like a space marine And you're going out with your space friends and some of them are humans and some of them are aliens and you get to bang some of them if you want to and you get to (laughs) kill a lot of things. Yeah, the Legendary Edition dropped. So this episode is airing a week and a half after we uh, record this. But as of this recording, I started playing it yesterday and I may have played seven hours. (laughs) And it just, I played that first game probably four or five times over the years and there are some things that don't hold up for me anymore especially now in 2021 which is why i almost made it my official recommendation there is a character named joker who has some kind of a a disability around he has like a brittle bone disease and the the conversation that like your character and he have about it is so unacceptable that like i wanted to peel all my skin off my body (laughs) There's another, there's a side character right at the kind of the first mission where he has some kind of a mental illness and his boss talks about the, the different, the, the fine line between madness and genius. And I'm like, what the fuck? (laughs) Like, yeah, there are certain things. Like, I feel like we've advanced so many, the way we talk about so many things. And that doesn't mean that it was even okay at that time. Right. I just think that there is so much more of an awareness of what's not okay now. And especially in the context of the workplace, because I don't care if it is a spaceship. You are the captain of this spaceship and the pilot of the spaceship is your employee. And you don't be an asshole about his brittle bone disease. <laughs> like you just don't. But my, my space girlfriend is there now. Uh, although that's the other thing I find is interesting. So the way I always played it, that it's very obvious that the game wants you, whether you are playing as, so no matter what your character's last name is Shepard, you get to choose the first name. 
And then there's like the male shepherd or what everybody lovingly refers to as Fem Shep. I am playing as Fem Shep. I love the voice uh, actor, Jennifer Hale. She does a phenomenal job. I love the, the base model for it, although you can modify it if you like. And there are male options um, if you want. And there is one that the voice actor is female. And so I always thought of, Li and, and Liara is the character that the game is like, this is the best romance option. Wow. This is the one that like, it's, it's the most like, yes, you can romance all these other people, but like, this is the optimal. We poured our heart and soul into this one. Go get oh. it. And so that's the one that I always like. That's the one that I invested in. But I don't know if it's because of my own relationship with my gender changing so much since I played it because oh, yeah. I was like full in bought into the idea of myself as like a fully cisgendered woman when I played before whereas now I feel like I kind of slide along the binary but I paid much more attention to when Liara said my race does not have genders and I was like oh <laughs> shit <laughs> <laughs> oh this character is not female the voice actor yeah who voices it is female but liara is not female this is not a lesbian couple it can it's definitely you can i think you can make an argument that it's a queer couple but so i i found that really uh interesting but yeah i'm playing that game like it's my job it's so <laughs> seven hours yeah yes. sleep it's, pattern <laughs> it's a sleep cycle uh, so yeah it has it has problems but there's so much about it that i still love and it's just like it let me relax in a way it's like going back to an old you know like when you go back to an old favorite book for comfort reading yes it's, it's like that good i love it yeah so chris Yes. What is your official recommendation for this week? My official recommendation this week is a movie called Someone Great. And it came out in 2019 and it was directed by Jennifer Caton Robinson. And I was like, okay, I need a funny movie about relationships. And I wanted it to focus around women because most of the time I go back and forth. You know, I, I mm -hmm. review a gay movie. I review a lesbian movie. I review... Mm -hmm you know, a queer movie. So I wanted to find a, a movie, you know, like I said, a funny one that is going to make me laugh. And so I watched this trailer and I loved the trailer so much. And the cast has an incredible cast. So let me read you the synopsis. After a devastating breakup on the eve of her cross-country cross move, Jenny enjoys one last New York City adventure with her two best pals. Someone Great is a romantic comedy about love, loss, growth, and the everlasting bond of female friendship. So it is a journey of three friends. Two are straight and one is gay. I've seen this movie. <gasps> Shut up. You saw this movie? I did. Holy shit. I was like, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. But for once, I was like, wait, wait, why does this name sound familiar? Yes. And it was bugging yes. me the whole time we've been talking because we we have an ally. And the whole time we've been talking, I was like, this name sounds familiar. And yes. then as you started talking about and describing it, I was like, oh, I have seen this movie. Because there's a scene in there that I want to talk to you about, but I'm not there yet because I need okay. to go through the characters first. Okay. 
Okay, so Gina Rodriguez, she stars and she produces in this movie, and she's kind of like the main friend mm-hmm. uh, that the story's about. She's Jenny, whose boyfriend breaks up with her after nine years because she got a job, her dream job, with Rolling mm-hmm. Stone magazine over out in California. And he wants to stay in New York City. So, mm-hmm. you know, she's truly devastated. And so her friends say, okay, we're going to, like, have a one last hurrah. Let's just get together we're going to kick, we're going to take you out of work. You know, the friends go and get one of the other friends out of work. And so they're going to make this huge day. They're going to, they're going to have a huge day, afternoon, evening, morning. It's going to be a huge celebratory last hurrah of best friends before Jenny leaves for, for California. Yeah. Brittany snows in it. And we remember Brittany from pitch perfect. Yes. She's kind of the, uh, the responsible friend out of the three. (laughs) And, you know, she has a, you know, she has a very credible job. She's very much, she's always the friend that people go to, you know, to help. I need help. You know, she's, like I said, she's a responsible friend. And her, her relationship with her boyfriend, who is one of the characters of Saturday Night Live, it is like, her relationship was horrible. And so, like, during this time, her friends are like, when are you going to break up with him? You know, because he's just, just awful. Yeah. Like he's 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 not awful, like in a bad way. He's just annoying. Yeah. It's just it's so weird. So so I won't give that relationship away. But the one I really loved was a character, Aaron, played by Dewanda Wise. She's the lesbian who doesn't want a relationship but has one, and she fights it every. Mm-hmm. She fights the fact that she's in a relationship, and she gets called out like Brittany. I don't. I can't remember what Brittany's character's name is, and I'm just gonna call her Brittany because I just know her as Brittany. Yeah. So, like, one of the quotes that I thought was great was she she tells Aaron, "I think it's very cute that you have a girlfriend. You guys have been together for like four months now, right?" So Aaron responds, "I don't have a girlfriend. Leah is just a girl who's my friend who I see on consecutive nights and whose company I enjoy more than anyone else in the entire world." And so you can see it. Finally, it's clicking like, oh, my God. And she's like, yeah. whatever. Kindly leave your heteronormative labels in a motherfucking box to the motherfucking left. Thank you. <laughs> so she's like, she fights it like she fights yeah. it. And so Brittany's yeah. like, you love her. Yeah. <laughs> so it's super cute to watch her finally realize, you know, I really do love this person. And she sits down with her and she's like, because after like they like it's like they do drugs they like drink a lot of alcohol i mean it's like a true party and so she finally goes to this woman's house to tell her how she feels and she's like i and she's like why is this so hard to say Mm -hmm. and the girlfriend's like because you've never said it before Mm -hmm. so it was like that whole that whole relationship was just adorable and i loved it and um so so they had so many other people in this movie Rosario Dawson's in it. She plays the ex-boyfriend's cousin and they kind of run into her. Mm-hmm. But the thing that I loved was the character Hype, who is RuPaul. Do you remember that? See, RuPaul's I haven't seen it. This. I haven't yes. seen it since it came out. Oh, wait. RuPaul is a drug dealer who has a really <laughs> small role in this movie, but he has chihuahuas. And it's like the whole thing is it's not exactly you know, when you think drug dealer, you don't think posh life, mm-hmm. little cute dogs, you hug mm-hmm. your drug dealer. They know that. You're oh, yeah, yeah. Day. yeah. So, yeah. So I was like, oh, my God, this is great. I can't wait to tell Tara this. And then at the very beginning 
it has and this is i think this is also in the trailer this is what maybe this is what made me watch it was it has michelle buteau and i i never know if i'm pronouncing her name right she's from other movies that i've recommended almost love and always be my mate my maybe yes yeah so she's she's, she's sitting there fantastic. at the very beginning like like she's sitting at, <laughs> she's sitting with with jenny on the on a bench down in the subway, New York yeah. City subway. They're sitting there and they they have like a two minute conversation and yeah. it's great. Yeah. And she just ups and leaves. She goes, I'm done with you. And then that, yeah. like, she's in this movie. It's so funny. So, I mean, it's, it's super cute. Uh, it's got a, you know, it's good because, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to tell people the ending, but it's a, it's a really good ending. And it's, it's, I really enjoyed this movie and I highly recommend it. If you want that comedy, the romantic comedy with straights and queers, Mm-hmm. Um, so that is my big recommendation this week. I was also pleasantly surprised because when who's the main character again? Is it Jenny? Jenny. Yeah. So when Jenny gets in the car with that guy, and I was like, oh my god, that guy's gonna sexually yes. assault her because she's right. like fucked up. And I was like, he's gonna sexually assault her, and he doesn't right. sexually assault her. He's he ends up being, you know, it's somebody she dated in college, and yeah. he ends up being a pretty cool dude. Yeah, he's decent. Yeah. Which is one of the, like, I feel like that in and of itself is a pretty sad commentary on media yeah. in general that like, I just, I just don't trust. It's like, but no, it's like, it's a super safe, sweet, lovely, funny. Right. Everybody's great. The guy that plays her boyfriend that breaks up with her also wonderful. Yeah. I, I thought he was great. He, what is his name? In the show or in real life? In, in the real show. life. Nick, is it Nick? Nick, maybe? I think it is Nick in the show. I've seen him in a few things, though, and he's fantastic. I really like him as an actor. Like, everybody in it is great. Yeah, I mean, I think, and and the whole breakup, like, why they really broke up Uh is truth. You know, it's, 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 it happens, and people don't want to face it, and it finally got down to, okay, this is the final decision. I'm Uh moving to California, and then, then it came out. So, uh, it's very well, truthful. And she, and she made the decision without him, didn't she? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is also the like, yeah. That, I that's mean, that's the problem, right? And and like, see, that's the thing I have with with like commitments and 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 relationships is like, I feel like a lot of times it holds people back from doing mm-hmm. their truth, like what they want to do with their life. You know, mm-hmm. I my whole life I've wanted to be a writer, and mm-hmm. I find writer so but i i wouldn't want anybody to take that away from me or for me to compromise my dreams for somebody else no so anyway no so i like this movie because she followed her heart and followed her truth and good for her fabulous recommendation yes so thank you good and uh so what about your big recommendation this week what do you got my recommendation is a reality show and it is called glow up and it is a reality show that is a um it's makeup artists oh cool and they get i think it's 10 per season the new season is on right now and i am super grumpy because i can't get access to it it's airing in the uk i want it (laughs) give it to me please (laughs) i want to see it but i devour so actually so the first season i watched over the course of probably two or three weeks i watched like a few episodes a weekend and then the second season i watched all of last weekend i just devoured the whole thing oh wow in a weekend. 
and some of the some of the looks are sometimes kind of glam some of the looks are sometimes um it's just all sorts of different things like sometimes they're doing they're like working with prosthetics to do almost like monster type looks sometimes they're doing alien type looks or like um optical illusions it's so cool to see the artistry that can happen and i i love that it's a blend of like some of the people are straight some of them are queer there's one character from the first season who i character these are people they're (laughs) they're not characters it's a reality show contestants (laughs) yes in particular in the first season there are a few that i love but there was one elliot who i really loved hearing his story because he talked about how he thought for a while that he might have been a trans woman and it was when he discovered makeup that he realized he wasn't trans he just wanted another way to express himself and that makeup gave him the medium and the opportunity to do that and i thought it was really beautiful and really lovely and so now you know i follow him on instagram and i see some of the the drag looks that he does and then in the in the second season they actually have a drag artist who's irish who uh, james who was also phenomenal and it was really i think the other thing i love about this show is that it really crystallized for me what types of reality shows that i love and it's the same it's part of why I love Drag Race so much. Mm. And it's that I love the shows where you start off with a group of contestants mm. and it narrows its way down to one winner. I like that much better than, yes. because there's also a different type of reality show and it might be, you know, like Cupcake Wars or um, <laughs> yeah. Nailed It or right. even, I think American Ninja Warrior is kind of like that too any of those like i think wipeout we tried watch- oh my god we tried watching <laughs> wipeout yesterday because it showed up on crave tv as a recommendation crave tv is a uh, one of those services in canada and i was like yeah Neil, look it's a show and it's hosted it's as nicole buyer and john cena and they could have hooked us with just one of them but like putting both of them together we love nicole buyer we love john cena and i think we made it three three minutes and we were like uh, absolutely bad. not because the <laughs> oh. way it was so scripted and like painfully so and we were like no but like with those shows it's like you get your two or three contestants per episode right i don't invest in those people i do not give a shit that's right. that's fine for like put it in the background while you're doing something else i want to invest in people and i want to invest in their journey and so shows like drag race and glow up let me do that so that yes in the first episode i don't know who any of these people are and i'm not particularly invested but like with glow up i was so happy when i saw who won both seasons i was so happy because i felt like i really invested in their journey and seeing how much they grew as artists and grew in there because when you show up for something like that it's something you're really passionate about and so that's the i think that's the other axis for me is that it needs to be tied to some kind of artistry or talent or performance Mm -hmm. so like survivor is not that interesting to me like (laughs) yes you can get to know the people but it's like what kind of talent are you growing right see and and for me i watched face off i've seen several uh same thing same thing like glow up when you were mentioning when you were talking oh. about it i was like i wonder if this is like face off what i've like seen several episodes and i'm following 
uh, one of the, I, she didn't win, but she came really close to winning. So I'm following her because her makeup is spot on. It was beautiful oh. makeup. And yeah, so same thing. You get invested in these, these artists and you see them progress mm -hmm. and how they get better. And you see when they shine and when they, you know, don't shine and you're worried. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I have to get voted off because their makeup wasn't like smooth, right by the nose, with the prosthetic nose. Yes. So I like those shows too. So Glow Up is a great recommendation. I'm going to look into it mm -hmm. because that's my jam. Well, and I like, I also end up, I ended up really liking the hosts too. So they have Val Garland, who's the head of something to do with something important and fancy at L'Oreal. And she's <laughs> done, so she's done a lot of like runway makeup and she's done makeup for like uh, Lady Gaga and oh, wow. some other people. Yeah. And then also Dominic, somebody or other, who's the head of something else fancy for MAC Cosmetics. And so Val Garland has a catchphrase where like when she really really likes something she will say ding dong which I think when I started watching it I was like well that's stupid <laughs> and I would turn sometimes Neil was there and I was like I really hate that she says ding dong I think it's annoying and then by the end of the second season I was like yes I also agree oh. ding dong darling absolutely ding dong yes. that's a great look <laughs> you know what so maybe I have yes so this is so weird because I, that sounded familiar to me so I wonder if I wonder I'm gonna have to check into this because either I'm watching your show did they rebrand it did they give it a maybe, different name and maybe so stage? because you said ding dong and I'm like okay my person said that too so I'm looking now and it says v neal oh see. weird so um, I'm, yeah I'm, I don't know this I'm gonna have to do some digging on this you might have to and then I want half not all but I want like half of the shirts that Dominic wears. Maybe I just want <laughs> I maybe that's like my style. I just want to look like a gay man. Is that is that a thing? I don't know. It could be a thing. Could be. Well, let's see. It's so yeah. Um next time we get together, we'll figure that I'll have it figured out by then. Because right. yeah, or maybe I'm watching I don't know. Maybe I've watched both because I like it so much. You know, because I'll do that. I'll keep something on the TV and mm -hmm. like and it's been a while since I've seen it, like a year since I've watched any of the seasons. So maybe I've been watching the same thing. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Let us know. You because they have a lot of, they do have a lot of, of queer contestants. So. Oh, yeah. For sure. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And there's some, like, there are some looks that are so spooky and gross that I'm like, I... <laughs> No, thank you. In the second season, there was a look where it, it looked like there were eyeballs and maggots coming out of somebody's face. Ooh. And I was not into it. But at the same time, I didn't skip the episode. Because it was still kind of cool. I mean, if that was yeah. the assignment, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they didn't all do it. It was uh, it was a particular interpretation that won. Um, and she, uh, all of her looks were creepy. Oh. Uh to a certain extent she did this one look that was so gorgeous where the whole face and neck was just like black 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 and then she did an illusion so it looked like white curtains down the sides of the face like white sheer curtains with like a white moon on the forehead it was stunning wow it was spectacular but yeah that's my recommendation if awesome. you want tv to just like sink into and hide away from the world for a while that's what this is perfect for it sounds perfect especially today when it's like pouring down rain mm -hmm. so that 
is all for this episode. Thank you so much for joining us. If you've enjoyed the show, please subscribe uh, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if uh, you feel inclined to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, we would so appreciate it. And again, thank you so much to the folks who have been leaving reviews and ratings. You're helping other people find this show and we just love it and really, really appreciate it. Right. And as always, you can connect with us on your favorite social media sites. Just search for Clearly Recommended on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or email us at podcast at clearlyrecommended.com. Bye, everybody. Bye. I am your host, Tara Scott, and with me as always is Chris Bryant. We're at episode 11. No, fuck, episode 12. (laughs) What the fuck? It's right there. (laughs) Oh my God. You're a disaster. (laughs) I am. See, this is what happens when you hit record. Like something inside of me just freaks out. Okay, one more time. Last time. I hope that one makes it into the outtake. (laughs) Because that's my favorite. That's the best. Read it. It's right there, Chris. Read it in front of you. You got it. Okay. Last one. All right.